0: cool hey hi Miley welcome to TGO podcast um of course today I wanted you to come on and give us some information because last time we spoke we were speaking about um some fraud activity that has been going on especially with you and your ex-partner and I feel like That's that true. is something someone taking liberty or taking the piss do you know what I mean um,
1: um, um financial advantage kind of yeah it's definitely abuse in its own form it is uh,
0: it is for sure it is and obviously like i want to know get some more information on that and i think it is something that quite interesting that other people that might find interesting or even people that might not know it's always good to um stay up to date with your financial um you know reports and all that because you never know what's happening or any other fraud activity happening on your accounts if you especially if you have multiple true. ones anyway so welcome to teach your podcast and Thank yeah you. take it away it'll be good to, you know introduce yourself a little bit give some background
1: and then okay maybe give us some more information on that perfect so my name is Hamali. um i have basically been through very shit part of my life up until Mm. this stage Um, and I have found that speaking out um, and speaking to other people in in the truest form uh, has really helped me um, self-reflect also offload my own issues without it burdening someone else Mm. but also the utmost benefit of it is that people don't realize situations they're in Um, because it's almost consumed as a day-to-day normality for them once they are in an in an unfortunate situation so i think by them listening it's kind of mutual benefit because you know they are able to kind of um kind of slot in their life and be able to see what i you know i'm going through something similar or i know a friend that's been through something similar and they can see that there's a light at the end of the tunnel and i think that's the most important thing out of everything um Mm,
0: for sure learning from other people's mistakes
1: it's always exactly. better
0: than having to go through and then realizing, Oh, I'm not the only one.
1: <laughs> exactly. And mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing is, is that also people, I mean, people are very much of the, you know, understanding that, you know, that their, their problems are so minuscule compared to everybody else's. But the actual fact is, is that your problems are equally important, no matter how severe they are or not. Yeah. And I do think that by people speaking about the smallest, problems that they've gone through, relationships in life, through COVID, mental health, all of these things. um, There is somebody out there that can definitely relate, that has been through it, that can give guidance. Um, And it's not only professional guidance, it's actually things that somebody personally has had to deal with, right? Mm -hmm. Because ultimately, you know, professions and uh, professionals, sorry, and other people can give you all of the advice that you need to hear, but they themselves personally haven't gone through that journey. And I think that when you know when you've heard of somebody that has, it's extremely relatable. Yeah. So people might reach out and, you know, they, it, it's a real person going through real things. Um, and I think that's what the relatable understanding is, is that it's not just a bit of show and tell on social media. These are real things that, you know, I have been through, or similarly mm-hmm. other people have been through. Um, and I think it's very important to share. It's also part of the healing process, I believe. It's, it's a very important part of the healing process.
0: No, of course, of course. So when did you first um, realize, like, you know, you've noticed that there's some fraud activity happening on your account or is it something that someone had to call you or your bank? How did you come
1: across that so So um, with, with my ex-partner and his family, they have always, because of the, the, the profession that they're in, you know, it's, it's self-employed construction or plumbing work. I mean, whatever it is, you know, there is always cash changing hands right Mm. um whether they obviously declare it on the books i mean only god knows that but from what i'm aware (laughs) of you know i doubt that's the case but um you know i've always had a hunch about certain things and then um so the most recent incident was you know um you know some interesting activity on my son's bank account um so it's a young savers account um with metro bank and um, I was, I'm the primary account holder, so when the account was set up um, my ex-partner was added as a, an additional policy holder, mm-hmm. just so then, uh, you know, we had access to the account in in the sense that, you know, we could see the money going in, we could, you know, make sure the money was there, et cetera, et cetera, so I had a hunch about something and with, with recent things happening with with my ex and very negative and erratic behavior, I had a hunch about looking at my son's bank account. Now, the you know, the account was open, you know, a year or two ago, and from the way that the account was set up, it was meant to be that no withdrawals could take place without both parties' consent, um, okay. which meant... So you can get mandates like this set up, um, especially with kids' accounts. So whether it's a savers account, a trust, a bond account, whatever it is, you do have facilities like that. Um, It's just to protect um, the investment going into the account. but it's also to protect the investment of the the people, so the, the, the policyholders, should there be any separation, whatever it is, you know, everything is done by the book um and ultimately again it, it's in my eyes it's your child's bank account so unless it's um you know an absolute financial emergency in my eyes um you should not touch the money in the account um so there was there was a there was one day a couple of weeks ago when I had a feeling I had a hunt about something so I was looking for my son's login details when I logged in um my ex-partner had been withdrawing money from my son's savings account and we're not talking about like 50 quid here or 100 quid here, we're talking about thousands of pounds. Thousands of pounds going from my son's bank account into his personal account and it was an internal transfer with Metrobank. So when the account was opened obviously they hadn't, um, a couple of years ago with Metrobank, they hadn't given me all the information as to what the additional policyholder, being my ex-partner, would have access to. And it's something that I'm still disputing with them. Um, so I can't go into too much detail about that, but... This um, Is this um,
0: obviously an ongoing case at the moment? Yes, Okay. that's
1: correct. Yes, that's correct. So again, I mean, it's just ongoing shit, really, that never seems to kind of disappear. But it is the unfortunate reality of the world that we're living in. Um, and it's just a shame that, you know... I mean, in my eyes, right, um, if you know, if you're putting money into a savings account, as an adult, you could open a normal savings account. But the fact that you have used your child to open a young savers account, in theory, means you are putting money in that account for the child, okay? And because my son primarily resides with me and I have, you know, um, primary custody and all of these things, in theory, I would have first control over the account. So, I mean, that's the way that it was set up. So, unfortunately, my ex was able to do internal transfers between my son's account and his. And wait, so did he not
0: require like a um a, your own signature? Like, did he not? The, did the
1: paperwork not require a signature, given that you're the primary? So, so um, this is on the, the um this is a dispute that I'm having with Metro Bank at the moment because when um I opened the account because of because of the time the time at which the account was open. And because of history of things with my my ex and understanding his family, I would have, I wouldn't have rightly given him access as an additional party holder. If I, if they had told me he would have been able to do internal account transfers. So what it is, is that on the online banking app, it will say his primary, my ex's primary bank is with Metro bank. So it has his account details. And then it has my son's So he was basically able to transfer money from my son's account into his. Um, but again, I don't bank with Metro Bank. I wasn't aware of this, and apparently, this is a facility that additional party holders have. But when I looked through um, the keywords of the policy, it was not noted down there. So again, this is what I'm disputing with Metro Bank because I am a million percent sure. If I was told that at Metro Bank when I opened the account, I would never have opened it um, because they had. So sp- did he
0: push for you guys to have the me- the account? at Metro Bank or was it
1: something that you Yes, he did. Yeah, okay. he did. And the reason, so my son has an, an another, say uh, a savers uh, savers bank account with another high street bank. Uh, that high street bank is not the same as my personal high street bank. Um, it was with Halifax because they had a great, um, you know, they had the highest interest for young savers accounts. So I thought if you invest in money, it works out well. So um, I'm the only person that has access to that account. And, you know, I didn't touch any money from there. And the funny thing is, is that when I spoke into friends about this, I spoke into family because, you know, of being on furlough, because I have, I'm a single mom and I have a dependent child. You would think that out of my ex and I, I would be the person that would be in more dire need of funds.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, when I was moving flat or anything like that, um, or when I had some financial uh, issues going on, Um, with debt and things like that, or even recently having to seek legal aid um, or legal assistance because of a restraining order, you would think that, you know, over the years I would have, you know, I would have access to the funds so I would take that money. But the fact is, is that I've never done that no matter how bad my financial situation is. So morally, he's abused, my ex has abused my trust and my son's trust because how dare you do that? I class it as theft especially because the account was primarily in my name and never once did he message me or, you know, uh, indirectly through a friend or a lawyer say, "Um, please, can you inform Hamali that because of my financial circumstances, because I've lost my job, whatever it may be, I will be withdrawing X and Y funds from our son's account. Never was I ever told, but then as I was saying before, we're not talking about 50 quid in or 100 quid here. We're talking about 8,000 pounds out, 5,000 pounds in. It's sums of money. Um, and this
0: money has been accumulated, um, I'm presuming, by the both of you, or it's just it has been
1: primarily done by yourself. Um, so I've never put any money into this bank account. And the reason why I never have is that I've always had a fear that something like this would happen. So any money that I have kept aside for my son goes into the, the Halifax account that um, it's almost like a trust. So no money could ever be withdrawn from that account. And mm. nobody has access to that account other than myself. Um, so the Metro Bank account was primarily set up so my ex could put money in there. Um, to which now he's being very difficult about because I've had to block the account. And... Um, because also, um, I don't think I added this before, but um, you know, with, with knowing what his occupation is, um, and if, if I'm correct and remembering what his salary was, it doesn't make sense how he would be able to deposit those sums of money into a savers account. And I basically think he's washing money through my son's bank account. So on, on, the, on the statement sheet, there's been uh, deposits of cash at the local bank. Um, or deposits that have been have come through my son's account which he has then transferred back into my his personal account so it basically will show on his statement money has gone from the son uh, our son's account into his account but it was cash that was deposited
0: I thought when you deposit cash the bank somehow asks you like where is this money coming from especially if you do it you know multiple times they get to the point where okay we need to know where's this money coming from
1: So, I've never actually needed to deposit or ever had to deposit large sums of money in my bank account. So, mm-hmm. I, I personally don't know. Um, but that would be something interesting to look into um, because I have uh, I visited Metro Bank, I believe, last week and I did raise these issues again with them because when I first closed the bank account, they said that, you know, because uh, my ex and I are separated, they'll block the account. And I showed them the transactions and they said my ex and I need to internally sort them out as to what will happen with the account and i felt that they weren't very helpful in all honesty Um, so when i went to the bank again i went through the transactions and then it was flagged up with them because they said this 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 um deposit into the account looks suspicious because it's below a 1000 pound threshold which uh, i believe is when they start asking questions because um, if it's a couple hundred quid, you know, it could literally just be somebody's giving you money as a gift for Diwali or Christmas or a birthday. Or it might be money that you've, you know, accumulated over the year through, like you know, like pound coin savings and things like that. So unfortunately, I don't actually know the ins and outs of that, but um, it has raised alarm bells with the with the bank. So I hope that they do investigate it because ultimately it's a bank account that's primarily in my name so if he is laundering money Hmm. forget the fact that it's my son's account it's my name and i don't want hmrc stressing me out and investigating me over something that i had nothing to do with um so you see when that so now the bank has reached out to you and asked you to
0: deal with this situation internally with your ex um, partner
1: did you approach him to speak to him no, no. So unfortunately, because I uh, want well, the, the, the unfortunate thing is, is that I don't ever want to speak to him again. Um, so the, the issue of the bank account will never be resolved. Um, but also because there's an ongoing police investigation, which you can't really speak too much about. Um, you know, it's you know, I've been informed that if he makes contact with me um, to follow correct protocol and procedures. Um, And, you know, I don't have a need to speak to him. So if I ever do need to speak to him about the bank account, then the best way I'll have to do it is through lawyers. Um, Because obviously then everything is legally noted down. So any actions he does have, um, negatively or adverse to myself and my son are obviously noted down. So we are protected in in the form of the law. Um, But I did want to tell you, and again, this happens with prolific individuals that, um, that inflict abuse and violence on people. So once my ex uh, found out the account was blocked, he called the police on me the following day. What the hell? Is he actually being serious? Deadly. Um, he called the police on me the following day and the police came to my house. And I thought that they were coming by to check up on me because of the report I had made about the theft and the money laundering from my son's bank account. Um, Because I'm kind of the person that, I always follow the law when it comes to those things. Um, Because who am I to take the law into my hands? I mean, I would be just as bad as him if I did that. Um, And I've always said, you know, if I've got to call the police 50 times and provided that I've got evidence to make the calls, I will do it. so he called the police on me, um, and I think what he had said to the police officers was that he hadn't seen his son for five months, and he was worried about his well-being and concern, um, you know, livelihood, um, because you know my sister and I, you know, through our childhood and you know my early parenting years, we never really saw eye to eye on a lot of things, and that means you'd have a couple of ding dongs and arguments at home, and that's where his concern stemmed from. So how old is your son? He's He's four. Four, okay. Yeah. So when the police came knocking on the door, initially I thought they were just coming by to check up on me and I was very welcoming to them. And they said, they introduced themselves and they said, Hi, we've had a report about potential child neglect. And in my head I was laughing. I was like, and I said to them, Let me guess, was a report made by my ex-partner, and I gave them his name. The two police officers nodded their head like, they knew what I was on about uh, and they came in and they wanted to check up on my son Um, and they had no concerns from what I could tell from their body language because you know I was very engaging with them I've never had anything to hide Um, there were countless people that can give enough witness references from social services to work colleagues to friends to you know people that I've only known for like a couple of days whatever it is you know there's enough people that could you know, say that what this man has done um, is malicious and he's wasted police time. Um, So obviously when I've, because of ongoing things with harassment, which I've been dealing with the police with, I did inform uh, the detective that's handling the case. So he's updated the report um, and he was informed of it. And I mean, it's clearly evident to anybody that I've spoken to that this is malicious communications. And I believe that's under the Act, uh, the Legal Act 1988, which is basically, um, you know, somebody making malicious accusations with the intention of causing stress and anxiety, mm-hmm. which is actually illegal. Um, so to anybody that is listening and to anybody that has been through something like that, and, you know, I would definitely suggest contact the police because with malicious communications, there's no time limit in which you can report the incident. It's not like harassment where it's a six month period from the date of the offense with malicious communications from what I've been informed um from the Met police that there's no time constraints, so there's no there's no time limit on you report, reporting the crime because but would you not, would the police not require um evidence say yes. Yeah. Yep. So for example, in my case, my ex had obviously called the police on me. So that's naturally on a police log and the police would then have to update the report to say that, yes, we have attended Hamali's house and her child is okay. We've had X and Y communications. The child is in very safe hands, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and obviously that would be on a data log. So should you ever need to request it because of going to court, you know, speaking to the police or getting your lawyers to do that, that information can, you know, be um, be readily available to you. Coincidentally, the same thing with malicious communications it could be texting, could be calling. If somebody's harassing you and bombarding you with messages with the intention to, with no use of a better word, piss you off, to irritate you, to make your blood boil, to intentionally provoke a reaction from you, I personally definitely believe that there is grounds for you to call the police and you tell them malicious communications like 1988 do your research about it um it's something that was told to me only recently and i didn't know this existed and i'm so happy that i was informed by a very dear friend of mine um because with harassment and the police, i mean looking at stats it's it's very difficult for them to convict someone whether they you know the likelihood of jail time is Not really going to happen with harassment, but they'll probably get a slap on the wrist or something on their record, or you know, and you'll be given a restraining order. Um, And I do think with prolific abusers like my ex, um, until they are reprimanded for what they've done and they have been punished by the length by the degree of the law, they will never stop, and they will and they will continue to think they can get away with everything.
0: well, like they because, can always find different ways of getting around um, exactly. you know, and
1: stuff yeah yeah and i also think that um it's, it's certainly how you discipline a child you know if, if if for example if my son goes into the 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 junk cupboard and eats loads of sweets and chocolate mm-hmm. and i tell him off once and i'm not stern about it and i'm not firm about it he'll just think he could walk all over me um but then if i tell him off and then he'll get the naughty step, then a toy will be taken away from him and then, you know, he will get into trouble, then he will realise his actions have repercussions. And if he does something bad and dishonest and disobedient, he will be reprimanded for what he's done. And I do think that 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 kind of same mentality should be taken to abusers. And as a victim, um, it's very difficult to do, although, it's easier said than done. It takes a lot out of you to report stuff, to relive everything to report it. Um, it's very difficult to do, but you know there are enough advocacies and agencies out there. You know feel free to message me on my social media i'll be happy to help of course Um, i'll
0: definitely add your social media handles yeah um, please do description if anyone wants more information because it's very difficult when you're going through something knowing the right people to contact because you the last thing you need is to contact um say an institution and you just going around in circles and it feels like they're not even on your side because they're trying to make sense of what the abuser did to you which you don't need you need someone you want to feel like someone's on your side and i suppose can be really difficult and then when it comes into money when someone's just messing around with your money it's just that's totally different thing because we all need money to survive especially if you live like in this city london (laughs) (laughs) like the cost of living is really high and the last thing you need is someone messing around with your money
1: or your child's money. Exactly. You've tra- you've touched on an interesting point um, because with institutions helping out. Um, I, do, I do think, personally speaking, the victims are not always taken seriously. I genuinely think that. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, the reason why I say this is which obviously doesn't help when 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 people claiming to be victims make false accusations um you know it's it's just horrible how how dare you pretend to be a victim of something um for attention for self-gain to be petty to be malicious because there are people in the real world that are dealing with these real issues on a day-to-day basis and the fact that you you victimize this to a degree that you you know it ruins credibility of of women yeah for um, other
0: abusers, not just women even men, men as well yeah. yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah yeah. and i also think when um you know when men are victims of crimes okay um the women who are the abusers use the female card the woman card but i'm a woman and you know he shouted at me first and it's a case of if if somebody did it to you it would not be acceptable so what on earth gives you the right to do it to someone else fine fair enough in a relationship in in a friendship you might have like you know a little shouting match uh, once in a blue moon but the second that it gets physical and a woman raises her hand to a man and a man raises his hand to a woman it is unacceptable and whoever has done it should be reprimanded it, i mean i see things like that now as very black and white when i was in this you know cycle of when i was being abused and then i was told that it was my fault and then i'd go back and it would go in the circle i could never see this i could never see that just because he has said it's my fault i should believe him and just because he's put stuff in my head that he's necessarily right nobody should ever violate you again mentally financially Physically or verbally, nobody has the right to do that. Be it your mother, totally your brother, your sister, your dad, your your brother, your cousin, the queen. No one's allowed to do that. Um, it's a complete violation of of any any humanity or morality that you might have as a person. That because that's being inflicted on you, it's it's utterly wrong. Um, no, but I I to, I, I
0: to, I'm in agreement with you for sure. Like yeah, I'm not been through that before but the thought thinking about or the thought of knowing someone close to me going through something like that really sickens me and yep. like knowing how hard people work to maintain a lifestyle people that have yep. kids like having a child is not you know it's very expensive and yep. imagine trying to put away your 10% of what you're earning to aside for a child and someone else coming through and taking that or someone promises to contribute to only end up taking the money that they say they'll contribute so i'm thinking isn't that your child as well like what exactly there is no transparency it's so really so
1: with with that last point um my ex had agreed yeah you know, i think it was back in 2017 that he would pay a certain amount of money per month for child support um so let, yeah this is like three years ago um i would say out of what he was meant to owe me i've seen about two percent of that money two percent so he doesn't contribute anything and to a degree i don't want his fin- uh, financial uh, instigation in our lives because then he feels that he he owns us because that's the way he perceives money um but also it's a case of it's a it's it's an in for him to have communication with me and If he for example doesn't pay money for said month then i would have to chase him for it he wouldn't voluntarily set up a standing order with his bank so he wants me to chase him he wants me to have an active conversation with him he wants it to look like i have made contact with him so his behavior is justified if he starts harassing me and starts being verbally aggressive with me and just completely indecent via call and text which again is such a shit thing to do because you're intentionally provoking a situation which isn't right like ultimately just because i don't want to be with him he cannot accept those facts and any money given to to me is kept aside for a child and the one thing that he said to me many years ago he goes well you go out with your friends how do i not know you're not using that money to go clubbing and i was like how dare you because What's like i so again say but then again, it's, it's trying to be assertive with control. Mm. You're using my money to fund you going out with your friends. It's not your money. It's our child's money that you have a legal obligation to pay.
0: Mm.
1: And the difficulty is it's money, 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 money with my ex and his family. And honestly speaking, I would rather, you know, have to beg my parents to help me financially or friends than ever ask him for money. I'm telling you, it's basically dancing with the devil. Um, and I know many, many people have been in circumstances like, listen, they're still going through stuff like that. And, you know, financial dependency, no matter if you're earning five pounds a week or 50, you know, or 500 pounds a week, um, financial independence, it's very important very because that's sure. your hard earned money. And if they try to do anything to take that away from you, it is theft because it's your payslip, it's your national insurance number, it's your bank account.
0: No.
1: You do, you do not agree to have money put into their account. Um, you do not hand over any cash to them. It's your hard-earned money. The time that you've had to spend away from your child to work, it's your money and it you are entitled to it completely. And no matter what, me you or he says the ex or whoever it is says it's their money um, the person that's worked hard for it and i think that's again what pro- prolific abusers need to get over that we are entitled to live a life um and we don't have to be dependent on them and we don't have to beg them for things because this is some things that they want they want you to beg them so it feels like they own you And when they own you it's a case of you have to do what they say otherwise they won't give you money they won't give you support they won't help you with your family they won't drive you to somewhere because you can't you don't know how to learn you don't know how to drive a car yet you know it's all trying to assert manipulation and control um which is very bad
0: no i totally agree with you and um what i think we should do is i feel like we need we need you to come back and give us more information. But I um, think for now, okay. I feel like we can take this away and digest it. Of course, I want if anyone's going through or wants to understand more, I want them to be able to contact you. And I'll put your yeah, yeah, yeah. Instagram handles in the description below. And maybe we can set up another time so we can come and explore this topic a little bit more. And yes. I'm just, I know we're strapped for time for now. But um, I
1: really appreciate your right. time. You are yeah. more than welcome anytime. Yeah, of anytime.
0: course, we have a lot to uncover. But um, yeah for sure like we'll put a date in you know in the diary and then we get this rolling but um for now i really appreciate it and
1: you're our, more than welcome you are know anytime. how we
0: get on but yeah thank you okay. so much for joining us um, you're thank more than you- welcome i'll see you later <laughs> yeah thank you so much guys for listening and watching um to that's good or to your podcast okay bye-bye for now bye